How's everyone? I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Black Guy Who Tips podcast. I'm your host, Rod. Joined as always by my co-host, Karen. That's right. And we are live on a Sunday um, on like for NFC, AFC, NFL championship. Big big day for football fans all across the world. Okay, we got Patrick Mahomes versus the coolest nigga in the world, Joe Barrow. Um, we got uh Jalen Hurts, the coolest Philadelphia, uh the coolest black quarterback in the game, uh, versus Brock Purdy, nigga we never heard of to this year. It's gonna be a big day. And uh we're gonna try to get you out of here so y'all can go watch our football. We know. You know, this feels a little bit like black church right now where the pastor is telling y'all we're going to let y'all get about y'all day. So, uh, but we, we also have a guest, uh, my man, Brandon Collins. Y'all know him, friend of the show. Um, he's host of Medium Popcorn and, of course, Drunk Black History, uh, which y'all have a live event coming up this month, next month, right? Yep, Thursday, February 23rd at the Bell House in Brooklyn. Uh, we got a dope lineup in store to talk about some black historical figures or events that uh, just haven't gotten their due, and especially given the political climate mm. of today. Uh, they definitely need that spotlight. So if you uh, all, uh, folks are in New York, please come check us out at Brooklyn. Uh, tickets are available at drunkblackhistory.com. We also have live stream if you're not in the New York area. So you can join and be part of the chat. Tatiana will be monitoring and sharing thoughts. Usually the online chat hates anything I say during that live show, which is always a lot of fun. Mm. Um, but yeah, Drunk Black History, uh, it's a lot of fun. And um, it's just like a really great way to elevate our people, you know, and, yeah. and show that we've we contributed a lot to history. Isn't hey. that all hate? Isn't that all Yeah, hate? don't. Brandon's... In the chat. Well, they yeah. think it's furious when I compare the Divine Nine to uh, the houses in Hogwarts. I, well, rightfully so. <laughs> Brandon is just being self-deprecating. Everybody loves him and uh, Gordon, and they're so funny. I highly, I highly recommend you go if you got a chance to go in person. I highly recommend if you can hop on virtually. To hop on virtually, it's always a fun time, um, and you learn a little something. Yep. But most importantly, you have a little fun. And if you're in person, you get a little drunk or a lot drunk. As some of the fans that sat close to me were, so uh, <laughs> not yelling random things. Yeah, and oh, Brandon, yeah. is it possible to turn your mic up a little bit, or or oh, yeah, yeah. all right, yeah, give me a little little volume. Sorry, sorry. It's all you good. Now? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's uh, it's morning still over here in L.A. And also, mm. uh, we went to the Star Wars bar last night, so I had a few uh, few Fantastic Four fizzes. When you go <laughs> so, to the Star Wars bar, that? is it only that one song that plays? You know the song no, that's no, in the no, cantina. Yeah. So they probably did do that at one period, but now the the, the bar menu is like a bunch of stuff. It's like Marvel stuff and like oh. other, like you know geeky sci fi stuff. Um, but the, the 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 bar is done like the cantina from the movie. Mm -hmm. But yeah, if they play that song on loop, like there's already some stuff that the bartenders have to do that's completely insane. <laughs> so just having that song on loop wouldn't make you lose your goddamn. What kind of stuff do they have to do? Bro, okay, so if you bought, like, the Indiana Jones drink, mm -hmm. every time someone ordered that drink as they're making it, they would put the switch on so the screens that had the menu scroll on would then have a scene from Indiana Jones. Like, dun, 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 dun. Oh, wow. So every time they do that, and then the, 
And they had to I give it to you. They had to give it to you in a broken Asian accent. They just, <laughs> Mr. Brandon, Mr. Brandon. <laughs> Plus, I didn't do that because otherwise it would have been some problems. But yeah. um, I got the Jakaras drink. And so uh, oh. it comes with an orange garnish. And so they would like peel it and then light it on fire and be like, Jakaras. And, like, wow. So you have to do that. And so then the got the it sounds there. like it started at Star Wars. Yeah. They immediately realized that either that was a limited audience or just such a limited like amount of drinks and, and experiences that they were like, this ain't going to work. We got to open this up to just it. nerds. And so now it's just a nerd bar. It, it pretty much is. Yeah. But the thing <laughs> is, it's like the drinks are so complicated. Yeah. There's no way. It's like it reminds me of every episode of Bar Rescue where it's like. <laughs> This isn't efficient enough. Like I can see why they're struggling. Probably, yeah. like, the kitchen was like backed up. They were like, "Yeah, for these uh, cheese fries, it's gonna be about forty-five minutes." Yeah, like, okay. right. Because <laughs> okay. we got to dye them green, and we got to call them Star Wars cheese fries, <laughs> yeah. and all this weird. We actually got to go pick them at the ground and yeah. wash them and clean them. <laughs> yeah, we gotta fucking put. We gotta go get some Funko Pops to put on the plate. So that's gonna take an hour. <laughs> I have a question. Do the do the robots look like the uh, Chuck E. Cheese robots? You know, just moving no. around. No, no animatronics. This isn't a Super okay. Nintendo world. Yeah, <laughs> this is a very low budget. They did a good job with whatever they, you know, whoever the designer is. But mm-hmm. yeah, no animatronics. That would be okay. dope. But mm. you know, yeah, because that's people, what I was thinking. Yeah, but people don't know how to behave. Like uh, we got to go a sneak preview of the Super Nintendo world at the studio. Yeah. I want to go. It I want, was cool, but then you realize, like, oh, once like the general population gets in here, all this stuff's gonna get jacked up, like, because mm. it's very interactive. Like, you get to play like with the coin boxes yes, and stuff like that. Yeah, like, you get like watches uh, and shit. Yeah, yeah, and it's a. Uh, <laughs> You can just tell, like, once they get thousands of people in here, it's going to be a free for all. Somebody's going to somebody's going to hurt themselves by slamming their head into a brick wall and thinking it's part of the exhibit. Bro, bro <laughs> I mean, like, there's a Bowser's Castle. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's there's no barrier. Like, I oh, they no. like, asked for feedback from employees, so I sent a survey. Mm-hmm. I'm like, y'all need to put a barrier because it's very easy for a kid to climb on it and just fall to their death. Damn, like, it's, it's and they did, and then they just don't come back. They just they just fall down and you hit do, 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 do. Well, <laughs> right. The problem is you're when they fall, rolling out somewhere else on the end, up end of the park or some shit. You know, when they would fall though, it's right at the entrance of Bowser's Castle. So if you're trying to get in line for the ride, a body could just fall right in front of you. It's, it's not a good place. Let me tell you, the people that make that's that's how that's the music that plays when they uh, when they start to die. <laughs> tell the people that made this were not American like because you know they have something like this already over there in Japan and it's different than here like the people here didn't design it like because you go well if somebody here would have designed that they know how Americans are and then Mm -hmm. they were like "Mm, we we can't do we need to revamp this because Americans are stupid and you can't just trust them to do the right things yeah that's definitely could be part of it but yeah you got to stupid proof things it's always like a lawsuit that causes us to see like it's whenever you go somewhere you see like a sign that's hella obvious it's always just because somebody did do that thing you know where it's like hey do not jump to your death and it's like why the fuck they need that sign it's like because somebody jumped yes that's what you're gonna hear 
<laughs> that's also going to be what you hear when the parents like get in a fight and someone gets knocked out. Yeah. <laughs> just put that <laughs> and that that do you remember that sad music from Mario's? Like it's the same version of the, of the theme song, but it's just it's just sadder and slower. After yes. you die, that's what you're gonna hear. <laughs> Motherfuckers getting carried out of a stretcher. <laughs> I always had like a a little bit of hate towards Mario because the Mario mm. Nintendo Switch games are the first games I actually was able to beat mm. because. Rayer Nintendo N64, I was never able to beat those Mario games. So they I were hard. Had this, yeah, yeah, I was had beef with them. Yeah, uh, mine, but they were hard. The thing for me, man, and it hurts to admit to everybody because I know y'all all are fucking great gamers and y'all did this, but I didn't. I could never get that fucking thing where you jump on the turtle a whole bunch of times and get a bunch of extra lives. Uh, I could uh, never move my fingers fast enough to get it to work. Mm. so i never you know like while these motherfuckers are like i beat it it's like you beat it with 200 men i had the preset number of men that is possible in mario brothers i never got to the end because i always got killed on the last level so yeah man it's just I, I my cousin could do it and i would try to get him to do it for me and he could just like touch it He's like oh yeah you just do this and you can get the you can't do that i'm like no man i just the turtle shell just keep killing me bro it's just <laughs> my reflexes yeah um but uh so how's everything else going out in uh in, in la la land uh i mean it's cool man i uh I'm, I'm wrapping up my new draft i think this week they're gonna send that to the studio so i'll get notes from them soon um hopefully they like kind of like the new direction i've done um and then i'm working on some other stuff i'm working on a, a few other scripts um in the horror genre which is different for me and mm. kind of exciting and then i'm working on some pitches at rod i sent you some ideas that i'm you know working on to yeah to present to the, the studio within the next few weeks so it's it's going well you know things are things are wrapping down a little mm. bit um for my time here in la which kind of is bittersweet you know because i do miss new york a lot yeah but at the same time i'm making a lot of dope connections out here in la and meeting a lot more people at the studio and the industry and so i don't know i'm just kind of like seeing what happens you know i'm not trying to force anything i'm not trying to uh um you know push anything into existence i'm just kind of letting things happen and just doing the work that i can you know writing my ass off that's that's basically yeah what that's what i i say too about like writing for the for game theory is like uh i was i tell this i tell this to my coworker. i say this all the time this analogy which is it's like in the nba right now where there's certain guys that just shoot threes from the corner and mm -hmm. that's all they do and i was like i I that's our job. It, the only difference is there's someone else out there that decides if we made the three. Like, unlike the NBA, where like you shoot a three, you know if it goes in or not. You shoot a three in writing, it's like seven white people in a room eventually go. Um, I don't know. Uh, that, that could yeah. be a that could be a made three. Let's think about it. And so, um, you can only control what you can control. And so, exactly. yeah, it's it's. I think that's a healthy mindset to have to be like, I'm not gonna force it or whatever, because. Uh, I mean, look, God bless these people, but I always feel like it's almost delusional when you're the person that's like, I'm I'm out here in the big city. I'm not stopping until I got seven movies. And I'm just like, okay, brother, we work in the mailroom right now. Uh, yep. <laughs> you might want to deliver that. Like, uh... You might want to deliver the mail the best you can today and on your first step to the thousand step plan. Yeah, and it's wild because the thing that you don't think will be what gets you to the next level is the thing that everyone ends up liking. Right. right? Like um, the ideas I pitched to the studio in the summer 
the one that like was the least fleshed out and the one that I thought was like everyone would be like, oh, that's fine, and then move on. Yeah. Um, was the one that they all picked for me to write. So that's mm-hmm. the script that I'm writing, you know what I mean? So yeah, you know, you can never discount anything. And um, for me, it's just kind of like, let me just throw everything that I got in my mind out there. Mm-hmm. Something hopefully will resonate with somebody. If not, then I'll just keep writing. Like, I'm not going to stop coming up with ideas. Right. Um, so I think that's the plus side is like, I'm, I constantly have a bunch of ideas churning in my head. Yeah, that's what you can control is what you control is how much how many ideas you put out and how much work you put into putting out the ideas. But yeah, it there's shit like I I think everything I, I spit is hot fire. I'm not you know what I'm saying? Like I I'm not I never turned in some bullshit. I've never like left for the day like oh that was ass today. I didn't even give a fuck. Like I always think <laughs> what I put in is good, but yeah. I'm always surprised at what they pick and what they don't pick. You know, like uh, there's a skit that I'm a sketch that they chose for me to uh, to to write and to flesh out that I'm like, oh, dope. That's that's an idea I've had for years and talked about on the podcast and stuff, and wasn't even sure would apply to this show. But somebody that of the ten ideas, somebody was like, that's the one. And I'm I don't I don't know why the other nine, you know, I don't know what they were like why they didn't pick the other ones it's, it's what it is and it's also getting out of your head right it's getting mm-hmm. out of your own head and out of your own way because like you know rod and karen you both have attended like live media popcorn events right yeah. live readings of scripts i wrote a few years ago that yeah. definitely i mean to say our fans were like wait brandon got to a writer's program at a big film studio yeah <laughs> like, we've heard his writing it's me um I yeah, was. Like, I'm a fan. I'm one of the fans. I Brandon's like, yeah, I'm. 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 I'm writing scripts for the Hollywood studio. I'm like, they, they haven't seen your other script. Don't show them that, Brandon. Nope. Don't. No, they haven't. Really <laughs> they got. Uh, but you know, it's like you know, for a long time, and I worked this out with my therapist. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm so weird. No one's gonna really like you know mm. know what I'm trying to do or think I'm funny. And he's like, you gotta stop saying that. Like, because even my mentors, they're right. like, yeah, this shit is weird. Like, they're like, they they call it specific scenes or lines like. That shit was really weird, mm-hmm. but like that's you. So like yeah. keep doing that. Like I'm not telling you not to do that. And it's what makes you. Stuff. It's what makes and your stuff stand out. There too. I'm sorry, Karen. You go. Now about to sell them. And there's other weirdos out there too. No matter how mm-hmm. weird you think you are, there's somebody else out there to go. Yes, that shit is funny. Or I relate to whatever it is. You're not the only one. We and, just think we're the only one. And it's honestly what makes you unique, and it makes it makes right. you stand out. Like people come for the weird. If they could go to chat GPT and ask them to come up with a script. If it was just like, hey, we need a generic blank script. Exactly. Like it's going to be your experiences, the way you were things, the things you think are funny. Um, and I think the big thing is just finding the people that vibe with it. Cause you know, so much of Hollywood and all this entertainment shit is just like luck and who, you know, and if the right motherfucker is feeling your shit. Cause like, if the right motherfucker's feeling your shit, it actually don't matter if other motherfuckers exactly. don't think it's funny. Like, you know, that's one thing I'm wondering with this show is like, rate, not that ratings don't matter at all, but how the people that are at the top of the brass feel about your shit, mm-hmm. what is, is more important than ratings because they can justify good or bad ratings either way. Like, it just depends. Like, they can say, they can take the same number for one show and be like, this is a great number. This is a success. And take this, the, the same rating number for another show. And be like, this shit is terrible. This is why we canceled the show. And so you really just need to convince them that what you're doing is dope. And so it, 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 that weirdness is might be the thing that they 
were into in the first place. And uh, when you start fighting that impulse or de-weirding it, all of a sudden it's like, well, shit, we can get anybody to do this. We we right, wanted Brandon. Like the, we wanted to Brandon that you know wrote a a, a play, uh, wrote a movie for script for his high school, where you know he, he had people being serial killers and shit. That's what we want. Yeah, man. I was like, uh, the script that got me in, like I I actually didn't read. I didn't share it with anybody, which mm. is what's wild about. Like I had such imposter syndrome mm. when they like. They said they really enjoyed my script because I'm like, I didn't show this to nobody. Like, mm. my wife didn't even know, like, what the script is that I submitted. You know, wow. I'm just like very secretive about my writing. And so I think two things really changed my mindset, like, especially in the second half of this program. First was the goof that sat by the door. And I know you've talked about this at mm-hmm. length, on your, you know, Atlanta region yeah. show. That watching that episode, I was like, I don't give a fuck anymore. Like, I'm going to write whatever is in my heart, whatever is in my head. Because yes, I didn't even I know appreciate that. Like this. Yes. I didn't even know we could write and produce a show, a television episode like that. Mm-hmm. And then the other was, uh, this was a great year for me to start my new year. One of my mentors is Malcolm D. Lee, who just finished the the, the best man, the mm-hmm. final chapters. It's fantastic, folks. Please check it out on Peacock. And he said, you know, there's stuff in your, in your writing that I've never seen before. Mm. And for me, like for someone who's been in this industry since the 90s, to say that right even if it's like one or two scenes that meant the world and yeah. so that really is helped like like you said rally if somebody really kind of gets what you're trying to do and you know they like- you know they know because uh behind the scenes everybody that's been in the game they read every other fucking script every right. other fucking like they they know they, all this shit and so when they say the i never seen something like this they're not even just talking about all the movies and tv shows they're talking about all the shit they've ever seen and to be like yeah your shit is different than that that's like such a high compliment and i'm glad you are walking with your head up based on that um you know the other thing that you didn't mention but that uh also helps to uh, shape your confidence is when you start meeting white people and hearing their stories and so many of the stories are just like oh my dad you know (laughs) my dad was in this industry and uh, such and such is his agent or you know just like I went to school with Blaine and you're just like oh a lot of this shit is just like y'all know these motherfuckers Mm -hmm. so like not that they're not funny or qualified but it's just this idea of like how many black people think they have imposter syndrome and the imposter syndrome is really you didn't grow up around these motherfuckers. You weren't in these fucking social circles. So your imposter syndrome is I didn't think I could be in this social circle. It's not that you didn't have the talent because if you grew up around those people, seeing those possibilities, seeing what their legacies they've inherited are, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I can do that shit, you know, but instead we'd be inheriting like, you know diabetes and fucking uh you know like trying not to go to prison and shit so we have different limits on what our imagination hey we lucky we got them yeah like we be feeling lucky to be in the building right well i mean like this industry is like very much who you know and Mm -hmm. who will who will endorse you right because there's people that get writing gigs sight on scene because they know uh, a high ranking executive or they know like the star that like wants them to write on everything that they do, right? Right. But, and that's never been more clear than the whole, like, uh, Viola Davis, Daniel uh, Deadwire, mm-hmm. uh, Andrea Rosenbaum, like, Oscar thing that's happening. Because the thing that, like, uh, and, and I've talked to Chris Lamberth and Justin uh, Brown, my co-host for Media Popcorn, a lot about this the past few days. The thing that, like, frustrates me the most is that there's 
there's a lack there a few years ago the industry seemed to be building up self-awareness about optics and like the things that they're saying and how they're being perceived by anyone that's not white mm-hmm. right but now that seems to regress because all these white journalists in the film industry are like well you know it's not uh this address's fault that like her friends you know really got the word out and i'm like but look at who her friends were that like pushed out this movie to leslie mm-hmm. it was like yeah yeah actually explain explain this more because i i don't don't know the full story okay so um in the in regards to the oscars all award season there were a few locks right it Mm -hmm. was like um michelle yo for everything everywhere all at once Mm -hmm. it was Kate blanchett for tar viola davis for the woman king daniel dead for till and then like the fifth slot was always up in the air it was like Mm -hmm. fluctuating between out of the armas and a few other actresses so there was this address named Andrea Rosenberg, who's Rock, been, Rosborough, uh, but Rosenberg, go ahead. Yeah, you know, y'all know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm here to help. I'm here to help. Don't need, just keep going. <laughs> and she he speak our language. I be jacking him up too. <laughs> she, she's, uh, she was in this movie called To Leslie, which premiered at South by Southwest. I watched it like randomly. It was fine. Like, it's a good performance, but the movie's small details. Mm. It made like twenty-seven thousand at the box office, right? Mm. And it started, I believe, when she went on Mark Marin. And he started pushing, like, I don't know why this hasn't gotten any awards and all this. Like, you're mm. fantastic in it. And then Kate Blanchett mentioned her performance at the Critics' Choice Awards when she won for Tar. Mm. And then it started, like, this snowball effect where, like, her reps started re- reaching out to reps for, like, big movie stars. But the thing is, all these movie stars and executives are white people, mm. right? And so it's like they're talking about the – there's a lack of reflection on the optics of all these white stars endorsing this unknown actress for a movie that no one fucking saw mm. and then because of that it bumped out viola uh or daniela depending on who what where the rankings were for the oscar nomination so wow it's like a big thing i guess like there's a investigation because of the way that her people might have been like campaigning and mm. like pushing uh, academy voters to to nominate her but it's, it's just it's just not a good look it's not a good feeling as a black creative especially for a movie like The Woman King that had such powerful um, mm. black women in front and behind the, the, the camera. Mm-hmm. And then for Dan- Daniel Deadwire, who at one point was thought to be the front runner for like not only being nominated, but winning. Cause mm. that is a great performance still. The movie's got some flaws, but that's just like kind of like, you know, it's, that, that's a concrete example of like how this industry works for the people that have the right kind of Rolodex. Also you know? like it's, the it, it also pro- disproves a lot of the like well the reason that this black film didn't get nominations is because it just didn't have the budget to promote itself during award season because here's a little film that could right she just yep. knew the right people and then also it, re- it reminds me of when there was a college admission scandal and all those white actors were getting caught up in it yep. and i said and i said you know what's funny is it's racism that that saved will and jada because if they were white, those white those white people would have put them onto the network. But because they were black, they never even thought of them. And so now we don't have the scandal of like Jaden Smith was uh, said to be a number one rower uh, when he <laughs> filled in a fake application. Like we don't even have to worry about that because they didn't think of. Him. And so when I'm looking at this list of people who promoted this um, this film, Susan Sarandon, Helen Hunt, Zoe Deschanel, Mira Savino. Uh, Constance Zimmer, Rosie O'Donnell, Alan Cumming, Edward Norton. Um, and that's those are the people that endorsed it on social media. And then when it comes to hosting events, Charlize Theron, 
Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox, Minnie Driver, Gwyneth Paltrow, Amy Adams, Frances Fisher, and Kate Winslet. What do all those people have in common? It's just, you know, I don't think they purposely meant to do it, but it's just that thing where it's like the nepotism and the outreach of like, oh, this the, we have to help this white lady is is what's up, what's up. But it's not illegal. It's actually not not like. If anything, it's kind of just a slap in the face for the fact that people do spend this money and it's supposed to be the money that gets you the nomination. And now for this special white lady, it's not that's not the rule anymore. Yeah. And I think uh, I said this on an upcoming episode of Media Popcorn for The Woman King. Um, Robert Daniels, who's a, a, a black critic, he wrote a great article in the L.A. Times about how the system just does not work for for black mm-hmm. women specifically in the entertainment industry because if you look at something like the woman king it literally checks off everything that is considered oscar bait yeah everything that the academy loves she gina prince bythewood did in that movie right and it got zero nominations you know mm-hmm. what i mean like like there's something wrong with the system like because what does it say uh to to black creatives when you do everything that the academy says that they want out of a film mm-hmm. and then this Check one woman out of nowhere who literally spent more to host the movie on the Academy website mm-hmm. than the movie made at the box office. Yeah, even I remember, I, I know he probably uh, hates that I bring this up, but I, I, I'm, I'm going to bring it up for the rest of my life. I can't help it. But I remember 2014 when, or 2015 when the Oscars were out and Ava DuVernay didn't get a nom for Selma, even though they had right. expanded the best director. Um uh, and best movie categories uh, to 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 more people or whatever, and she and like Selma still didn't get the nom. It's, they were just like, we just gonna nominate eight, fuck ten or whatever, whatever the new number was. They were just like, we'll, we'd rather not nominate this shit than than to contaminate our white movies, you know. <laughs> and um, I I think a lot of times the default setting is like, a if they nominate something black, it's some sort of charity. It's never the people never treated as black people can earn their spot. It's always like they just needed a black movie, which is like the most racist. It's like the most liberal form of racism where it's like, no, I'm on your side. I'm saying they're too racist to not to nominate you in earnest. It's like so basically my movie can't be great. And then the other part. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Karen. And it's fucking insulting because me on the outside looking in is very frustrating sometimes because what they do is like they have these this other women like like thing where they were like we'll this year we're gonna pick everybody and then the next year they'll be like okay we've made our quarter fuck that and they just default mm-hmm. all the way back to white where like nobody gets nominated for shit it was like come on you why we gotta have one swing or the other swing why can't there be some nuance here with this yeah so yeah the film was someone was nominated for best picture uh best original original song, original song John Legend won. but not best director and it was like or actor. exactly and it's like so how is that possible um and it's such a rare thing for that to happen and same thing with um you know like woman king same thing with like a lot of this stuff is, is, is very much like cherry picked to just like move right around giving the black people all the credit it's like oh we love your wardrobe from black panther it's like okay but right. i mean it made the most mo- money of any movie this year yeah but beautiful gowns and <laughs> thanks for coming and so i but it always makes me feel like uh, i remember jl Van just kind of dismissed the movie out of hand and then <laughs> on his podcast where he's doing his award season shit and and it was like 
bro, what are you like? What are you doing? Like this, that that's a great. She has a great fucking case. And later he came around and was like, you know, after the fucking awards was gone, I guess he was like, oh, now that I think about it, yeah, it was fucked up. And I was like, I even though I know he doesn't necessarily think the same way, the academy is like that, where it's very much like a black person. They don't belong here. You know what I mean? What are you doing here? It's like, well, both ways, it's like we can't get our thing. And then the last part is, of course, when the system does break down and someone breaks through, another white person. You know, you know like, it, like the, it broke through because this 41-year-old British actress needed a break, guys, and Gwyneth Paltrow really liked the movie. So, uh. like, Yeah, because the, the only... It, that like that that reverse would never happen for Will Smith, for instance, right? right. Emancipation, not a great movie. Like, yeah, the cinematography was beautiful, but yeah. like, it just wasn't a great movie. Right. Let's say he did a fantastic performance, even better than King Richard. Right. And then all the black celebrities were like, "Yo, you know, he fucked up last year." Yeah. But this is the best performance we've ever seen. Right. He would. Ne- he still wouldn't get out of it. Nope. It wouldn't matter who was tweeting about that shit if they was hosting them parties. It wouldn't <laughs> even matter. Chris Rock came out. I was like, "Yo, I know this nigga slapped me in public." <laughs> but this movie <laughs> like, was great. This is a- he was acting his ass off. <laughs> yeah. They still would have voted for him. They still would have died. Right. Oh, man. Um, but, yeah, man, I'm glad that, um, you know, you're making headway out there. Is it um, a thing where you feel like you could move out there if the right thing happens and be out there perm- for a while? Or is it uh, yeah. you want you want to come back to New York? I mean, I want to come back to New York, but I definitely am more open to being out here uh, on a permanent basis or mm-hmm. at least like a – by you know by annual basis like mm. than i was when i first got here okay uh, i think having tatiana here uh, who's my wife folks for those yeah those you don't know um that's helped out a lot oh yeah you know and we have the flexibility right now right like we don't we don't have children right now so we're right. able to like kind of travel back and forth without any real issues and even if we did have kids like i don't think that would be too big of a challenge except yeah. for thinking about like the education stability and stuff like well, that. well it's not like you gotta if you have kids it's not like you gotta be good parents you know, like you could you could be part time parents. Say fuck them kids. Yeah, so many people say fuck them. We've kids. seen it's we've crazy. seen people's kids. There, no you one's raising them. Be a good okay, parent. like if you're out there listening to this and you're stressed out, like, oh, am I gonna be a good parent? Should I even have kids? It's so hard. Let me tell you, man, no one's raising these kids. Okay, we <laughs> no, see yeah. them all the time. We're like, that kid ain't got no home training. That could be one of your kids. Don't you know? Black mediocrity is fine, everybody. Don't, don't shortchange yourself. Uh, but yeah, that's that's interesting. Now, what what's so different about LA compared to New York, as far as uh, you know, to you? Uh, I would say getting around and mm. just being able to like seize the day, quote unquote. Like when I'm, yes, I'm a free full time writer, right? right? So my schedule is kind of what I want it to be. But in New York, I could go into the city, walk around, mm. find a cafe, start writing, right? Mm. Like. If I go for a walk here, it's kind of the same spots. And mm. depending on how far I can walk, like it's pretty limited of what's around me. Right. So I need to take the metro, which is hell on earth. Like I, I'm surprised Robocop ain't down there patrolling that shit. It's so you crazy. Know what? A lot of people that live out there say, say that people on the East Coast take for granted like mm-hmm. how good that stuff runs. They say over there is actually separate. And they say it's like its own entity, and they, a lot of people out there say it's terrible compared mm. to to the transit out here, like the DC and the yep. New York. And people complain about them, but they were saying they run so much better. 
I will never complain about the New York public transit. Well, I mean, I probably will, but like yeah. for <laughs> at least the first few weeks, I won't because, man, we were on the red. And, and mind you, the red line goes to Universal Studios so right. it's in Hollywood. So it's a very touristy line on the Metro. It's dirty as fuck. And there's constantly crackheads that don't know other crackheads, but they see crackhead on the train and then they start smoking crack and doing dances and shit. Like, shit. It's so crazy. It's I have like, heard crazy. that Hollywood, like the what people think Hollywood is and the reality of Hollywood are 100% opposite oh, yeah. of each other. Um, so yeah, <coughs> everyone I know who goes out there is like, no, Hollywood is the ghetto. You, you don't want to be up in Hollywood too long. Hollywood Boulevard is like Times Square full of crackheads. Yeah, that's what I heard. And they're all in costumes. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's on the end. Come take a it's picture terrible. with me. I'm Superman. <laughs> Let me like, get five dollars. <laughs> has anyone ever seen what was that movie with John Travolta called? Like, it was about him being a super fan, and like, he dressed up like some soldier from like the, the oh. Confederacy or some shit, like to like take pictures. <laughs> I never it's saw like this stuff one. Stuff like that that's wild. Oh, they said the fan. Somebody said. I thought that was Robert De Niro that was in the fan. It's it's something else, but it's it's oh man, but yeah, yeah. Like, that's like everyone's like John Travolta from that movie. Oh my god, no, that's that's too much for your boy. Uh, it's uh, not a fun place. It's and how place. and how's a uh, medium popcorn doing? Medium popcorn's doing well, man. We got like a lot of cool guests um, in the can. Um, and then we you know we have a you know a few people that we got coming up on uh, next few months but you know like we're we're really churning out a lot of content like the patreon's really booming we got like a mm. lot of cool stuff there and we started adding a new mini episode where we talk about like recent movie news and like trailers that we've watched and like hypothesize what's going to happen stuff like that because before we were re-releasing old episodes mm -hmm. but then i realized that we were releasing episodes from years ago where you know justin and i aren't like the most mature people but yeah we definitely said some dicier stuff back in the day. Oh, yeah. And I guess new fans are listening and they're like, what the hell, guys? And it's yeah. Like, well, we've grown from that. <laughs> like, yeah. We've grown from no, no, no. This was recorded in 2018. They're like, it don't matter. Exactly. I'm so, listening yeah. in 2023 with my 2023 ears. Yeah. So we'll <laughs> keep that content on the Patreon where people know what they're getting. Yeah. You know right. I, mean? I feel um, you. And so, like, we're, it's no, like, no real struggle to, like, add extra 30 minutes to our recording dates every like few weeks to record some movie news and stuff like that. So it's been going well. It's just, uh, you know, it sucks because we're not in person. Right. So we're kind of doing what you guys are doing right now, which is mm -hmm. the remote recording. And we got into a good flow, but it does take some time, right? Like when I'm back in New York in February, we're going to be in person again. That's another, that's like another kind of back and forth that right. is different from our Zoom. So it's like we constantly have to adjust to make sure we get back into the comedic flow and everything. Who uh who who all do y'all have uh that y'all interviewed lately that you were like you know you know like I don't know gushing over or 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 or, or even if you were just like man fuck this person like who who who's been your best interviews lately? Oh, best interview. I mean, Janelle uh, Monet was like fantastic. Oh my know? god, I mean, like, yeah, that's that's great. Um, uh, we had Roy with Junior recently on to talk about Bad Boys, which mm. was great. Um, it was funny that he opened the episode with like, you niggas better never review anything I do. Like, don't <laughs> yeah. ever review any movie I'm in. I don't want to hear it. Right. Um, but we, we have some fun ones in the can too. We got um, Ashley Ray, who uh, uh, hosts TV Say I yeah. podcast. Um, we got this dude, Lon Ray, who's one of the actors on Southside, which is one of my favorite shows. Oh, I love Southside, bro. You know what's wild is the, the Ralph's grocery store over here. There's yeah. all these TV, so what, like, TV stars over mm -hmm. here. And I ran into uh, Diallo 
Um, wow. Showrunners and main actors from Southside. Literally, yeah. like, after we watched the episode of Southside. We Bro, were, like, he, about it. those motherfuckers are too, so goddamn so, funny. Like that 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 is a TV show that is just uh it's so amazing and it's and it's only and it's all just like black people seeing other talented black people and being like we just going to put this on screen. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it man. and it just works. It's the closest uh and Mike Lawrence confirmed that this is what they aim for. It said I I said it's the closest that we'll ever get to a black Simpsons. Yeah, it's like live action mm-hmm. Simpsons. It's yes. So yes, it really is, dog. And and the way this episode that episode is a reset almost from each mm-hmm. and not just that, but like uh like in the last season, the episode with the cotillion and Kwanzaa, it's 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 that's one episode and it basically resets in the middle of the episode and gives you a whole different story. My homie uh, Will Miles, who's a comedian uh, that I know from the New York comedy scene, when he's dancing with those glasses on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's all hype for like nothing. Like it's like a poem. Yeah. Like, what? Man, um, I, I love that show, bro. Oh man. I, yeah, I know. Uh, I, I want like I told him like how much I appreciate the show, but I really wanted to tell him like one of the funniest things I've ever seen is uh, there's an episode. I think it's in the first season when he's running for alderman, right? Yes. And he's uh, he's debating Langston Kerman, a uh, friend of the yes. And he like he gets caught talking about like niggas as a uh, a cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. and then. Like he gets caught back into a corner and he has these little cards and he just strays the cards like that's gonna help. <laughs> <laughs> like he's right. they're like waiting for him to respond, he just starts straight in the cards. I'm like, what? Per- man, it's a perfect show, dude. Um all right. So once again, tell everybody about where drunk drunk black history, um, and when is it, where is it, and um like who are the guests gonna be this year? This time. Absolutely. So Trump Black History is a show that I host with uh, the homie Gordon Baker Bone, where we um, we try to highlight uh, forgotten black heroes and events that uh, just haven't gotten their due um, and likely aren't taught in any of the history classes that we attended in school. So it's a lot of fun. Um, we've had a lot of dope past guests like Dr. Andre M. Perry. We talked about Redline. We've had Dulce Sloan, who talks about the history of Black History Month and things like that. Uh, this coming sh- this upcoming show on Thursday, February 23rd at the Bell House in Brooklyn. Uh, we currently have Electra Telesport, who's a great comedian in New York. We have uh, music provided by uh, Shaq Stanley, mm. who was on uh, Wild and Out. We also have J.D. Williams, who you all may know as Bodie from The Wire. Yes. And then um, we just put uh, Kevin Iso, who was on Flatbush uh, Misdemeanor. So Dope. right now uh, it's shaping up to be a really good lineup, but we still got a few surprises, I'm sure. For uh, for the show, so oh, man. for tickets both in person and live stream because we are live streaming it from the Bell House, and uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully you can come through again, Rod. Yeah, man, I, I'd love to. One show, I was like, is that Rod? I was uh, listen, I was uh, I was in the house for the last joint, and uh, because I, I was up here, and I'm, I'm gonna be up here for this one, so hopefully I can make it. And uh, yeah, man, it was so it was so much fun, and uh it, it just it, like it, it's it's indescribable in person compared to like online i've i've participated in it online i've been uh i've watched it online but being there in person is just uh it's, it's, it's so much it's so much it's, <laughs> uh, it's very rowdy it's very um but it's it's got great energy. It's positive. It's rowdy in a good way. It's not rowdy in like I think these niggas are about to fight. I just want to, yeah, like 
it's a it's a good it's a good positive rowdy like it's a good group of people um although the dude behind me did talk about how he had just got out of prison and stuff but i think well, he meant so it in a good way that, that's one thing that i will say is like i think Gore and i have done the show enough yeah and kind of because there's times when people get on stage with us and they're like, you know, this is out of control, right? Like, right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, like, yeah, yeah. But like, just focus on us and mm. people will pay attention. Right. Right. But there was the, the gentleman you're talking about who we were doing the Divine Nine. Ayana Duki was on stage and he did like a NYU. And then we were like, what? And then he <laughs> like, we thought he went to NYU and he was just trying to shout them out. Come to find out he was part of a prison program that was run by NYU. Right. Right. He was in prison, but he got education from NYU. Yeah. Oh, he told me. But it didn't fit what we were talking about. Mm -hmm. And then he started getting angry. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was like, we can't entertain this guy. Yeah. Let's just talk about what we're trying to be here. It was it my the thing you couldn't hear from the stage is that his uh, girlfriend that was with him was uh, trying to calm him down. And and so that was that was interesting to be sitting very close. Oh, to. you were the close proximity. Were you right yeah. in front of him? Because she was like, "Nigga, they don't care about that." And he's like, "NYU? I just got out of prison. I just got out of prison." She's like, "Shut up, just get, just get the drinks or whatever." I was just like, "All right, well, as long as I don't get shanked in the back." That's what happens when you have specialty drinks that have dark liquor in them, you know. You Absolutely, <laughs> that's what they say: dark liquor, dark thoughts. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> All right, let's get into some um let's let's get into some 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 like current events and some new pop culture type thing. Let me play one of my transition beats uh so we can get into that. All right, let's talk about the news, everybody. Stuff has been happening. We took that time off. We weren't talking about it. Um, ABC has officially dropped TJ Holmes and Amy Robach from the morning show after extremely contentious mediation where TJ was talking about some, he, there was rumors that he was going to say it's racial discrimination for them to get rid of him somehow, even though they're getting rid of both of them. Um rumors and and speculation and uh allegations about him fucking everybody around the office was coming out um and then after the firing they were spotted with her like literally jumping into his arms in the street so it's i i mean i honestly feel like they had to get rid of them because they don't really seem to have a like keep it down button and if the company would have said it's fine come on back i just feel like it was gonna escalate and get messier and messier and keep in mind there's still two ex exes out there like an ex-husband ex-wife who i'm sure are not done talking about this in public (laughs) so i don't think this is a story that's like goes away and i think as messy and cool as our audience is as they say they would be with this shit um i don't think that's the audience for abc's morning show they don't want the people tuning in to watch live scandal they want the people tuning in to watch morning news and if uh you know ain't watching it so that's a complete like we're not the targeted audience the targeted audience is like i won't be illusions but you know what's wild is that if you watch like the old clips that like were circulating after this news broke out, 
you can tell, oh yeah, like they either really like each other or they're fucking. Like there's yeah, this is like the different kind of chemistry. You know it's weird I mean? because like I'm I'm a definitely a I'm a kind of person that tries to do the I try not to associate like a man and a woman are talking. They must be fucking. You know, I try to keep from being that kind of person. So sometimes it actually makes me not see the obvious you know what i mean we're like i can only see it in hindsight because like when it was happening i was just like oh okay they're very that i guess that's the morning show energy that keeps right that keeps the show popular and it's why they're good at their job is because even if you sat me next to tj holmes my assumption is five minutes later everybody be like are they fucking you know because he's he's gonna make it (laughs) he's gonna he's gonna try to make it feel intimate when it's really not it's just it's all fake yeah. I, I was wrong, bro. I had no idea. Now I look at them clips. I was like, "Oh, that's a man that just, just, he just finished hitting that." Like I, you can tell from the look at her. Like you, they they husband and wife at home somewhere mad watching this shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they're they're out of there. Um, and I yeah, I can't blame ABC, man. I, I really think nope. with how messy they are now, it was going to get worse. It just. And it would have become the thing where it's like, oh, ABC co-signed this. So the next time they do something newsworthy that's fucked up, ABC will have no room to stand because they can always go back and be like, y'all were cool with this. When you found out that we mm-hmm. all this shit, even when you found out about me fucking the intern and the, the, the producer and that Robin Roberts came to me and told me to stop, y'all said, come on back. I, I do think that ABC possibly, and they would never reveal this to the public, I think there's possibly other affairs that TJ had with other staffers. It doesn't just be, they just said it was just one other staffer. Yeah. That he was like, no, no, that's a pattern, bro. Like, so yeah. I can see him being like, well, this is going to be like what I sue y'all about for discrimination. They're going to be like, well, TJ, we also in our investigation, exactly. you hooked up with X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, well, now I got to back off. I honestly say, feel like yeah. they could win by just saying we had no idea his name was Lutellis. And <laughs> he hid he hid that from us. And if we would have known his name was Lutellis, we would have never hired this man. because not And not out of racial discrimination, but because people named Lutellis definitely fuck all the women in the office. Like... You ain't met one yet that's not, you know, trying to, to burn down everything, you know, for some draw. So, yeah, these are the pictures. This is after they found out they were fired. This is crazy. Right. right. They kept being in public together and stuff. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, people act like, well, they're considering adults like a fucking adult. No, my job as a company, I, I am a company. I don't want to get mixed up in your personal affairs. That is not my job. I am a company. I have to deal with people when they fall out of love and they don't get along and they take revenge. I, I, the company has to deal with all the other messiness and bullshit that comes around people being people. Well, so you the just, company has these rules and regulations for a fucking reason. The thing for me is... It's okay. They're going to be all right. I, like the thing yeah they're gonna start a podcast or something but yeah, the, the thing for me is just it's not even like just <coughs> we're a company so people can't have relationships it's not just about this relationship like he been fucking everyone he was fucking the, the the her friend in the office is who he was fucking before he started fucking her and now her and that woman ain't friends no more like 
that kind of shit affects the workplace dog it's scary you know what i mean so like um y'all gotta go handle down your personal business abc can't be seen co-signing this shit because what's gonna happen is one of these women gonna be like it was an env- toxic environment yeah. an environment of intimidation and fear my abuser or my the man who had power over me they promoted him they, they brought him not. back they didn't sure. you know and so it don't that's how it happens i just watched season two of the morning show i know how it goes down over there okay <laughs> it's crazy um in other news, Britney Spears asked her fans to respect her privacy after they called the police to her home for a welfare check following the disappearance of her Instagram account. Jesus. People are fucking insane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think y'all, I think those of y'all that have been listening to the show for a while, y'all know what I got to say. Y'all already know what I'm going to play. Right. I told you. What did I tell you? Didn't I tell you? Because I told you. Mm-hmm. And when did I tell you? A long time ago. And what did I say will happen when I told you? Exactly what just happened. Yeah, uh, Free Britney was always some bullshit. And that was some weird parasocial relationship shit that white people got into. Uh, mm-hmm. More people wanted to Free Britney than Free Britney Griner. Um, and she's a rich white woman that's very famous. And y'all was acting like, oh, my God, she, we got to get her out of there. But I, my whole thing was their stuff in that situation that we as fans do not have to feel responsible for right Right. so if she really does have mental health issues that would affect her and like she needs people to help her live and we're just like fuck it (laughs) i don't like her daddy or whatever whatever it is the the judge the people who are involved in this are seeing more than we're seeing we're only seeing Mm -hmm. what a documentary showed us on hulu we're only seeing people tell us that justin timberlake's a piece of shit we're not seeing the whole like picture because it takes psychiatric diagnosis it takes letters from your fucking therapist and your doctor or whatever whatever fucking drugs wrong it takes a lot of shit for to to determine if someone can or cannot handle this kind of thing and the parasocial relationship with the fans was always weird to me because even when she would do shit like post 27 swirling with no top on instagram thing videos people would normalize it like well everyone does that and it's like no they don't no. and you only saying that because you don't want to say whoops i actually don't know what you do with someone who may have some mental health issues that i don't want to fit i don't feel like dealing with when it was kanye everybody was was ready to be like no you know <laughs> yeah everybody was ready to throw him away because his mental illness eventually got to a point where it was it, it he was doing shit we didn't like and right here all she did was delete her instagram this wasn't even her saying like some wild flagrant shit even though she's had a couple like she had some people like accuse her of abusing them and stuff like that uh family issues but she y'all called the cops that's you're crazy that's not that who knows why someone deletes their instagram you don't call the fucking cops to someone's house who's a celebrity you don't know because they ain't posted in a few days and the fact that they were able to do that is just terrifying. You know what I, I mean? Like, it's it's just it's just crazy that authorities would do that. Like versus like her husband or like you know uh, Kevin Federline or somebody like that calling it in versus some random fans who are like Brittany deleted Instagram. Go check on her. Like how is that even a valid reason to do a, a security check? And 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 the thing is like your mind. First of all, social media is pretty much bad for most of us, right? We know it can be bad. 
So if you start really creating a relationship with the people on social media who really have no true relationship with you, they just know your image, your fame, whatever, whatever they get out of it. And they realize that there's a feed loop, feedback loop between the both of you. That can be the scariest shit in the world because someone with no attachment to you isn't your friend. They can be like if like if Brandon was texting me and he started texting me super crazy shit, I would be like, hey, Brandon, you, you good, bro? You just texting yeah, me. I'm sorry. I'm, I didn't mean to do that last <laughs> Yeah. You know, like like I might I might reach out to Tati like, hey, Brandon texting me some super crazy shit. I don't. Is he all right? But oh, no. but if you like don't if 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 Brandon is just Brandon Collins comedian to me. And I'm just going on Instagram scrolling and he's just another motherfucker I stop on one. Then I might really be like, oh, oh, he texted me that uh, he's going to jump off a bridge. And I'm like, do it, nigga. I don't you know, because I don't I don't really know him or care. And if he feels like this parasocial relationship has made like all these people care about him, who knows what he's willing to do? So like um, and she was clearly reading all these comments and stuff because she was always on social social media right. and so terrifying. Yeah. yeah someone said that um she stopped because people were talking about her body she said um people were making fake uh, prank phone calls um uh she said she feels like I, I felt like i was being gaslit and bullied once the incident made it to the news being portrayed once again in a poor and unfair light by the media during this time of my life i truly hope the public and my fans who i care so much about can respect my privacy moving forward all love be and and now I, I, to be honest someone's gonna not do that they're gonna go overstep on purpose now because they've been they've affected her life and a lot of them not all of them but this is what a lot of them wanted yeah, they wanted a response, just like uh, and uh, kind of related, but not kind of related. Just like with uh, Megan Thee Stallion. Megan Thee Stallion basically has stepped away from social media altogether mm-hmm. after all the shit that went on. And periodically, I see people go, "I miss Megan," you know, and I understand that, you know, because there are some people go, "Yeah, I miss." I wasn't doing the bullshit y'all was doing. I just missed her presence online. You know, that's what a lot of people are. But yeah. then you have other people who their whole thing of quote unquote, I miss her is to fucking harass her and call her out her name and all that shit. And for a lot of them, they get to the point where they like, here's my account. I'm not fucking running it. Like I don't need to be involved or associated with it because y'all are fucking insane. And so in order for me to keep my sanity, I have to put up a wall or a barrier for myself. That's the level of like I ever get like to a you know a point where people know who I am like uh, on a national level. I want people like I want to have a team that owns social media. I don't want to yeah. ever have to look at it, but I do want them to be honest. Like, hey, if I did this thing, how are people really responding? They'll just yes, right, you know, yes, and me, um, because it is it is very detrimental to your mental health. And I think you know the people that do remove themselves, that's probably for the best because, like you said with Megan The Stallion, there's so many fans that are living by care, like carelessly through her. Mm-hmm. And that's not fair to put on somebody because we that's, already have yes. family and other people in our lives that do that to us. Yes. You know? So to have people that you have no like experience with or background with who are doing the same thing, that's incredibly toxic. And yeah, people argue what they need to be true. That's 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 what I've uh that's what the Britney the point I've been trying to make about this whole Britney shit for years or for the last couple of years, I guess. But when um people were saying after she got the, out of the conservatorship and she started posting those kind of weird videos over and over and over again. And people were like, she got her Instagram account back. There's nothing weird about this. And I was like, you can just grow her Instagram and see that 
the, that is not a, the, a healthy mind. Like, that's not the she same. Dancing, she posted dancing videos of her butt naked. Yeah. Like, it's 1999. I'm like, yeah. girl, like, what is that? And, and keep in mind, on the internet where people say and do the rudest, meanest shit. So it's not like she's posting right. that. And then y'all, everyone's going to be cool about it. Someone, in, I guarantee if I was scrolling every one of those videos, there's at least one comment saying something very fucked up about her body or mental state. And then these people argue back and forth in the comments and all of that stuff. But people argue what they need to be true. Same thing with Megan Thee Stallion. People were arguing what they needed to be true. Like, she can take this or, she, you know, she's fine or she's winning. And meanwhile, she could be at home crying. She could, like, we don't see these people all the time. So, anyway, I, all I'm saying is uh, this shit went to where I thought it would go. Um, critics are calling for Beyonce to be canceled after her controversial live performance. Uh, she performed in uh, Saudi Arabia. Uh <clears throat> Yeah, for a hotel opening, and uh, some people were mad about it. They was like, "Hey, you're uh, you just put out an album that is very LGBTQ friendly and inclusive. You can't even hold hands in Saudi Arabia." Um, and uh, yeah, so people got fucking people got fucking mad at her about it. Uh, the thing for me is. Um, you can't cancel Beyonce, so also, that's not going to happen. How much did she make off that? She I made like twenty million or something. It was like twenty million for one performance. So here's the thing: like, I absolutely get like the fans that are hurt or like offended by her taking this gig, but that money is as much as she would make on a national tour mm-hmm. in one night. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you got to kind of think about like for her as a family woman that like you know probably would prefer not to hit the road every week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she also hasn't toured in a long time, but I mean, I think it's not even a money thing. She's a billionaire or whatever. I I think it's just uh here's what I here's the real scoop, guys. This is what I think happened. Okay. So they have these stand accounts and, and shit, right? Like Nicki Minaj stand, Beyonce stand, Rihanna and so these hives, they don't like each other for some reason. Right. One of them does something, they start fighting on the internet about whatever. So, a few months ago, maybe even a year ago, Nicki Minaj performed in, like, Dubai and all the, like, other stands of other, like, pop artists were, like, uh, she's dating a, she's married to a rapist pedophile and she performing it couldn't be me, you know, all that shit. (laughs) And I think they thought they were safe. And then Beyonce performed, and then it was people like, oh, now it's our turn to shit on her. Like, one of the women that brought this up, she was like, you know, Beyonce made this album, and now she's performing here, and now, you know, da-da-da. And so people went and found, like, an old tweet from her at a Lady Gaga concert. And like, oh, I can't believe it, I'm here for Lady Gaga in person. And then they found, like, an article where Lady Gaga performed in Dubai. <laughs> It was like, look at you, you hypocrite bitch. Um, they also went and found out she lived in Canada and someone literally quote tweeted her with like, oh, so we just going to act like Canada didn't kill indigenous people, which I'm like, what is living? What is her being in Canada versus? <laughs> you live in America. What are you talking about? It's, it's so stupid. People are batshit crazy. And I think that yes, that's they like are. The thing. 
I think that's the thing you realize when you're older and you actually see the world that you get to meet people outside of whatever community you grew yeah. up in. You realize, oh, everyone's fucking nuts. Yeah. They're just trying to survive. But then you know just the people that they latch onto something in right. such a toxic, unhealthy way. And you're like, ooh. My like, favorite I don't need you in my life. So this is where I, this this is what I love. My favorite thing is watching people be hypocrites. It's the best. Mm, And if everybody would just accept that about themselves, life would just be so much funner, but they they won't, which makes it funny to me. But it was funny watching people that shit on Nicki Minaj for going to Dubai defend Beyonce. It was funny people that say there's no such thing as a good billionaire be like, but this is a good one. It was was funny listening to people like, uh, you know, do the thing where it's like, uh, you live in Canada. (laughs) Like It was just all the reasons like because they couldn't just say what they wanted to say which is i just love beyonce and it it really unless she does something so completely horrible i'm not going to ever critique her in the way that i critique other people because i'm only critiquing those people because i don't like them you know it's the it's the chris pratt thing where people shit on chris pratt online but at the end of the day chris pratt's not that different than any other hollywood person and they're still gonna see his movies right and and low-key and low-key if he is conservative he don't talk about it which is the best kind of conservative like these people that like push these conservatives into like having meltdowns and burning their careers down hey man smartest thing those conservatives can do is keep that shit to yourself because look at gina carano ain't no upside for you coming out the conservative closet (laughs) i was gonna say like uh it's funny you mentioned that because john favreau Mm -hmm. like i love what he's doing with star wars he's a conservative Vince Vaughn, I remember, I only knew he was a conservative because someone, like, who was a celebrity that got outed and said mm. it's wild, it was like, well, Vince Vaughn's also in my club. Like, he tried to pull Vince Vaughn under the bus with him. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was like, yo, like, he over here making freaky, making me laugh to him. Yeah, he was, like the cl- he was like the clown in It trying to pull Vince Vaughn into the sewer. Like, come on here with me. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's the You know who told me that John Farrow was conservative? Who? My therapist. Damn. Yeah, that was like I was like, "What are you doing this to me, Alan? Why are you?" Doing yeah, this? <laughs> and 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 also I've come to the conclusion that everybody, people want to admit that everybody has lines, and everybody's lines are very different, mm-hmm. and so people yeah. can do great things, make great art, can make you laugh and entertain you, and also be a goddamn piece of shit all at the same time. Well, and people. And people act like if I support this, I support everything about you. And that's not always true. Yeah, I think also like there's the whole like piece of shit thing where it's like it don't even be about being a piece of shit. People just human. Right. Like some of this ain't even people like her performing in Dubai don't make her a piece of shit. You know, what I mean? like, this, like that's to me, that's crazy to say that, you know, like, gee, but but I think the way they operate online is so black and white. They turn everything right. into like you're not a human you're either good or bad and there's no in between and so somebody does something they don't like or disagree with especially after they talk them up because lord jesus the way they be talking these motherfuckers up like motherfuckers don't even be saying shit they be saying like the bare minimum like i remember when like people were talking about cardi b being like a socialist and she had she liked bernie sanders and she like made a couple of like just general points politically and then it's like she would do something that was like super capitalistic or something. And they'd be like, you know, like when she sued that blogger for lying on her and shit. And they're like, she is suing another black woman using the tools of the capitalist patriarchal mindset. And I was like, and I was like, her. right. But I was like, 
that she never said any of the things y'all said in the first place that would make you think she wouldn't do that. Like she never was out here like, and I would never sue a black woman because we both mm-hmm. black. You should be able to violate the law on me because you know I'm a I'm, the same as skin. Yeah, exactly. Like y'all made that lie that lie up, and so, uh, but then you penalize her for not living up to your lie. You know, it's people getting mad at Lizzo when she went on like a juice cleanse or some shit, and they're like, she's not a fat acceptance advocate. I'm like, what? She can't. Fat people can't do juice cleanse. They can't. You know what I mean? Just weird shit like that, that you're mad at this person, but you shouldn't even really be mad because they never did anything to, in the first place to not, you know, to to sell this. Right. Y'all it's make so, this shit up. It's so tough, man, because when you have fans, like, you, you're kind of like, okay, I appreciate you supporting everything I'm doing, right? But you just know at some point you're going to piss them off because of something, mm-hmm. right? Like, because they have this, it, they, they build up this image of you. And if you say one little thing that's out of context, or maybe they don't have enough uh, information to understand where you're coming from, or maybe they do, and they're just like, well, that's not what I thought you stood for or believed in. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's such a tight rope that you have to walk with, like, with how people perceive you and what they want out of you, ultimately, yep. right? Like, think about Jordan Peele, right? Like, Jordan Peele, everyone, big fan of Get Out. Everyone's mm-hmm. like, this guy can do no wrong because of us. And people are like, okay, that was kind of weird, but mm-hmm. I think we still like this guy. He brought out note, which is so abstract in parts. Yeah. It has so many layers, and people are like, nigga, that's too weird. It's yeah. almost like he was doing the, the Outcast album mm-hmm. evolutions, <laughs> where they just started getting wilder. Like, well, you know what it is? Pimp in a spaceship. Well, one mm-hmm. of the things you kind of almost glossed over, but at the beginning, there were a lot of people that just didn't that didn't think he was the right type of black. Like mm-hmm. I, I remember because I, rem- I always happens. I was a fan of him from Key and Pill. <laughs> Yeah. Um. And you know, I love I loved Ken Pill, and I still remember like other black comics, uh, especially the biracial ones. Shout out to JL Covan, Josh Homer. They were they hated wow. these niggas. They just were like they doing something wrong, and the joke is about people being black or whatever. And I was like, I'm watching this shit every day. I don't see it that way. Like I I think. If you watch it from the perspective of these are biracial dudes who identify as black, then it doesn't, then why the fuck would it bother you? Because yeah. we never feel bad about black people making fun of black people doing black shit. We, that's half of black comedy. You know, that's half of Martin's jokes is just like niggas be doing this, right? And so, I, so to me, it never bothered me. But it bothered a lot of people. And when I remember being a fan, when I would tell people, oh, yeah, I fuck with Ken Peele. They, oh, they stole Dave Chappelle's show. Just wild, crazy shit that was not true. And I was like, okay. This nigga makes Get Out. Fam, the retroactive mm-hmm. black acceptance that came to this man, where it was like, we always loved him. Uh, we always loved uh, Key. Uh, Key, Michael Key, we loved him. Uh, we All the way back to, honestly, uh, Mad TV. Like these, We are big fans. I'm like, you fake motherfuckers. And I wonder if it's going to come back around to... Uh, Cause yeah, they even used to talk about like he got a white wife and shit. I wonder if it's gonna come around to like if he makes one more abstract film. These niggas, I never liked him anyway. He was always shucking and jiving. (laughs) As a creative, that's something that really like you know you hear a lot about like this industry will like can be really tough and break you. Like Mm -hmm. as like if I'm Jordan Peele, right, and I'm thinking that like oh Mm -hmm. my god, if this next one's too fucking weird again, am I gonna lose everybody? You know, am I going to go back to that experience I had when I was doing, you know, uh, Key and Peele and dating, you know, started dating Chelsea Peretti and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and that's that's what's so fucked up about 
Because remember, what Obama was running. People yeah, like, he ain't black enough. Jesse yeah. Jackson was like, "Oh, like I fucking hate this nigga." Yeah, like, yeah. Then he, like, he was crying when he got elected. That was crazy. That's the retroactive black acceptance. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. It's like he he hit that milestone where he was undeniable, and then Jesse was up in there crying like he hadn't just been you know talking about he needed his nuts chopped off on the, mm. on the hot mic. He had his finger in his mouth too. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, I was like Jesse, you fucking. Yeah, you motherfucker. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, let's let's move into a different um, area. What are we talking about? We were just that was just Beyonce, random news. That was, oh yeah, we started with Beyonce going to uh, okay. Dubai. Um, well, I'm still gonna get my Beyonce tickets. I'm getting one for me, one for Roderick, and one for Roderick's mama. Uh, like uh, all three of us. Uh, gonna, I don't know if Roger gonna go or not, but uh, he gonna get ticket now. If you want me to just be two, it could be two. But I figure out you won't see uh, Beyonce do her thing too. So mm-hmm. uh, I got a separate fund. So I don't give a damn about her performing in Dubai. Yeah, and I think honestly, dog, I would. This I just wish we could harness this energy. Is all I'm saying. I just wish everybody that don't give a fuck that she did this or made excuses that she did this. I want you to keep that same energy next time as somebody you don't like. That's all. If if I had a perfect mm-hmm. world, that's all. Because honestly. We don't have that many. We have too many other real problems to be worried about this bullshit is all I'm saying. So like next time you find out some celebrity goes to a church you don't like or I don't know some, uh, you know, they fucking uh, I don't know. They like some shit or they they perform somewhere. They did a song with fucking Kodak Black or something. I would love for y'all to keep the same energy of like, yeah, I didn't like it. But also like I that's what they did. I don't give a fuck. I'm, I'm, I'm moving on. That's how I be feeling most of the time with this shit. Yes, Welcome to my world, y'all. Okay, everyone's Beyonce to me. I'm just like, unless you do some wild, egregious shit, I don't care. You just gotta, like you, J.K. Rowling wakes up every day to try to get canceled. Why can't we just all hate her together? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's some motherfuckers that's out here really trying to be like, I'm a problem. <laughs> why can't we just fuck with them? Fuck out of them. Exactly. Just ignore them. Yeah. It's like, I'm like, I still fuck with Harry Potter. I just ignore everything that she says. Yeah. I don't fuck with her. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now nah, I'm with you on that. Um. All right. So let's move into some actual problems, okay? Because there are some real problems out there. Uh, let's just solve them. Let's do some uh, fucking with black people, everybody. We're just fucking with them people because they black. We're just fucking with them people because they black. We're just fucking with them black people. We're just fucking with them blacks. We're just fucking with fucking with black people. You are. All right. Well, fucking with black people. The game we go around the globe, find different articles, fuck with us, and we'll assign point scores of 0 to 100, intervals of 25. Today's contestants, everybody, and y'all know the big one, uh, Tyree uh, Nichols uh, is a brother that was murdered by, like, five black cops in Memphis, and... It's been all over the news. Uh, there's four different videos out there of the the. I don't even. I'm, I'm just gonna say murder, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> like I, I um and um I think it's like people were anticipating like there were marches and stuff, but people were anticipating like riots and all this shit and 
which they always do whenever black people have a reason to be angry. That's always like, these niggas gonna burn it down. But that didn't happen. Um, and part of the reason that didn't happen is because they have a black police chief who just immediately saw the video and was like, oh, these niggas going to jail. Um, and so there was no like need to do a quote unquote call for justice. It was more of a like people were marching to to show their outrage. People were marching to show their solidarity. People were marching to um, to to it was more of a like um, catharsis as opposed to like a we won't get justice unless we show how angry we are. Like people shut down the highway in Memphis, but there wasn't like, you know, burning down property and stuff. Exactly. Um, (laughs) Which uh, is always funny because everybody put out the statements beforehand, you know, which I get, I I don't get mad at these statements because I feel like anybody in a position of actual responsibility can't be like niggas on Twitter where they'd be like, burn it down. Fuck them. You can't be like, burn everything down. Yeah. Like, hey, hey, hey. No, you like mean, you're never gonna find any any president, any politician who's who's right. gonna be like, I don't give a fuck. Like they're all gonna be like, I'm very angry. This is fucked up. It's miscarriage of justice. We need to get these people. Blah blah. blah. But don't burn. Just not burn everything down, guys. All right, cool, cool. I'll see y'all tomorrow. You know, like <laughs> that's what they got to do. Because I don't have to deal with the with the repercussions of the city being burnt down either. Yeah, yeah. It only it's only gonna take one time. I mean, you see how they get. You see how they did Democrats. Last time, even when they were the ones being like, we're not with y'all burning shit down, they were still like, and Black Lives Matter gonna come to your house and kill your white yeah. babies. And that's <laughs> and you know who's okay with that? Joe Byron and Nancy Pelosi. You know, like, so you, yeah. like, they're gonna hang that on you anyway, but if there was actual fucking tape of them saying some, like, flagrant shit, like, burn it down, or I don't care if this burned down, it, they never win an election again, because cause white people too scared. Agreed, and it's one of these things where a lot of these burn it down niggas, and we've seen it online. I burn it down, so I'm like, "Oh, these niggas on my street don't burn this street down." Well, then, do you really mean it or not? Oh yeah, that was funny. Um, so then, um, basically, um, so because she just got in front of this, um, I think that's why you haven't seen as much like, correct? Uh, you even, I'd even say you haven't seen as much marching as you would have if if she hadn't got in front of this. Now, the other thing is though. This happened in Charlottesville as well, where they had a black woman as police chief. What's the cost she will have to pay for this? Because she did right. the right thing. And the right thing is typically the anti-police thing, meaning like the police union, the other mm-hmm. officers, they do not want to be held accountable. And they typically erode and harass the person that that has held them accountable until they're drummed out. That happened in Charlottesville very quietly, like this woman was holding the account, the everything account, account, everyone accountable, and then all of a sudden, a few months later, we just see her dip out, and you're like, "What happened?" And it's like because she did the right thing; they made her pay. So I do worry. We'll be keep, keeping an eye on this. Um, it's going to happen. Yeah, it's. it's yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why there has been not immediate response, but like less less. Um, public outrage like yeah, what right. happened in the past because I think everyone's just tired. Mm. And I think this is a conversation that's been brewing in the black community for a while, but we've never really talked about, which is mm. black people in these authority roles. And right. how they actually sometimes treat us worse. Yeah. I don't think you'll like, see any black person surprised the cops were black. Exactly. Like I like you may see like if anything, a couple of niggas went too far. I think uh, LeBron said we are our own worst in, worst enemy, and I think uh, Emmanuel Acho says something like, you know, 
something about black lives not mattering uh, when we treat them this way or whatever. And in both cases, people jumped in their shit. I don't necessarily think they should have jumped in their shit. But the point being, like, um, even in an intra-community conversation, you know, like, there, there's that wasn't surprise they were expressing. <laughs> that was, like, anger at, the at, 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 at like, damn, we don't even matter to each other. And I, I don't, you know, you can't really say that outside. Um, but it's a sentiment I've had expressed to me expressed myself and seen in many full like black spaces my church you go to a church you hang out with your family uh community organizations we that's where we talk about that but you can't say twitter is not us you know no it it be your own people sometimes man that's what makes it hurt worse because like uh i talked about this on jay whitaker's podcast who's a Mm -hmm. comedian in boston we did draw black history on the road we Mm -hmm. went to, to boston and, you know, everyone had a great time. It was a success, successful show. The theater is like, hey, there's a bar upstairs. We recommend you have your after party there. We'll tell them that you guys are coming. So you should be all set. We go up and the manager is a black man. Mm-hmm. And he tries to lie to people from our group and be like, we're closing. Mm. So you could, you only have time maybe for one more drink. And we're yep. like, okay, like we'll, we'll get a drink and then Happen we'll go somewhere me. else. Bartenders, all white bartenders, by the way, I'm like, oh, you guys have been like, you guys had a show downstairs, blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we're open till like midnight. Like, right. You guys have three more hours. Like, yeah. we're not closing. And I was like, why would he tell us, predominantly black group, mm-hmm. that we have time for one drink? It's last call, essentially. Yeah. I, so I've, fucked up. I've had that happen to me with a white dude before. Uh, and my boy, he's black. He pays for this like pool hall membership. And the two times we've been there, it, it you know, it's his, his idea. Uh, like, hey, let's go shoot some pool or something, hang out for a couple hours. Yeah. Within, like, 15, 20 minutes, it's, guys, I'm going to have to, about to close up early. I'm sorry. We just got to. And it's just like, oh, because we're black. All right, got it. Yep. This doesn't apply to everyone. But, yeah, I'm never surprised. I think everyone will tell you the black cop is often the one who's the meanest and the one who goes extra hard because he's got something to prove. Uh, and he, uh, I, I, I see these James Baldwin quotes going around, but it was like he had the one I saw lately was he has something to prove and less to prove it with. So, mm. uh, so like of course they come down hard, but yeah, I, I think for those of us who have been like policing has to change and all that stuff, we didn't say white policing has to change. <laughs> like we weren't no, like the, the, the institution. Of yeah, I was. It's never been like uh, if they had more black cops. Like that's that solution was from like the 1940s. The, the like we've tried that already. So um, I will say this though, as an aside, I'm not. I'm still think it's fucked up and kind of lazy clout chasing when people just, especially people who are social like leaders or claim to be. If you just hop on and say some shit like. You know, this is why we don't need police or abolish police or whatever. I, I'm gonna need you to at least have like some other suggestions because that is such a like pie in the sky thing that it's essentially yeah. you kicking the ball, uh, punting it so that you don't have to be responsible for anything. And it also, it's been several years that that slogan's been out there and we're not even closer to it. So, because the people that say it say it and they don't do shit. I said what I said. Get rid of me. It, get, it gets weaponized against the Democrats, right? And so I'm uh, I'm tired of that shit too. So even it's when you say it, we're tired. I'm tired of the whole thing. Like even like I'm tired of cops doing this. Tired of seeing the videos. We're tired of the fucking weird ass like 
clout chasing on social media with it. Um, I am tired of uh, the people that cl- that just want to signal how much they're against it, but not, but but even though it's their job, not put anything into solving it. It's, uh, you know, just get rid of it. The end. I, I'm like, all of this is tired, and we're just gonna be doing this again in a few months if we get good enough camera angles. You know, mm-hmm. uh, also like they disbanded that group of cops who went by the Scorpion Squad. Yeah, they were some kind of special force group, right, or something. Yeah, and I listen to this podcast. It's called A Tradition of Violence. It's about LAPD gangs and I, the deputy gangs. It's really good. Cerise Castle did it. Uh, she also uh, she was part of the crew that filmed us for that Vice um, piece about get Black okay. Game of Thrones fans. She's she's amazingly talented. Um, she also did one about the critical race theory stuff about this uh, this town that that was like on the forefront of that. Like she, she just, she's a beast. And so, um, so anyway, I was listening to her to that and it's just ironic because as soon as I heard they were called the Scorpion squad, I was like, Oh, you know exactly what them niggas was getting into because mm-hmm. those squads are like, you basically like some of them, you have to like murder someone to get in the squad or, you know, like we going to beat these motherfuckers down together. It's, it's essentially a fucking gang and you got to do some dirt to stay in and stay down. Um, and so uh, they said they were going to like disband it and all this shit. But I'm like, the fact that this existed and let's keep it real. Scorpion ain't exactly a good animal. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, oh, no. like it's not like they name, like if they would have named this shit, like the, the Mustangs or the fucking like, you know, like uh, the monkeys or something. I don't know, something. Like the yeah, like like, like, yes. like they named it the most unhelpful type of animal. You know what I'm saying? Like no one's ever needed the a scene that everybody's already scared. A sentence, anyway. a sentence you've never heard. Thank God that scorpion was there. Yeah, it's like uh, imagine if like Denzel from Trading Day, his squad was called like the Banshees or the Hyenas. Like, yeah, that's not a, it's like that's not a positive. Animal. Yeah, there's not like scorpions don't even have squads. They don't even hang out together in real as animals. Like, yeah, they like it's such a, like the fact that it was like, and he came from the Scorpion Squad. No one was like, oh, the Scorpion Squad. <laughs> like, well, it would be like more disturbing though if they were like a very like if, like let's say they were called the Winnie the Poos or some shit. That'd yeah, be creepy. but honestly, dog, <laughs> if I was a deputy gang that was gonna be you know killing people for no reason, I named ourselves like the Unicorns. You know, you name yourself something nice. That way people don't see it coming, you know? They're like, oh, the brownies are here. Oh, they beating everybody. Damn, I didn't know. I didn't realize. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> the, the koala bear squad. Oh, they, well, they must, nah, the koala, the koala bear squad would never plant guns on people and, and frame them for murder. Get out of here, buddy. <laughs> they all got koala bear tattoos. They nice. Um, Jay- so what they should do is just name all these gangs after, like, popular music acts, like, <laughs> I would be less intimidated by like someone like who's like, hey, we Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. I'd be like, that's interesting. Like, <laughs> I might listen to what you have to say, sir. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the faux tops. Oh, okay. Let's see what they got going on. Um, we now heartbeats, nigga. Yeah. <laughs> like what? But it's more than five people in the game. They be beating your ass. My office hours are from nine to five. Um, <laughs> so also, Jason Whitlock arose out of his coon hibernation uh, to uh, to speak out on the topic. He had a, a hot take. I felt guilty putting that video on the screen, not because I was on anyone's side. I felt I felt obviously bad about it. It was horrible. But because you... 
I was on anyone's side. Who watched the video of the cops killing a black man and picked us? It was like, there's two sides to this. And I don't want to, I don't want to be on the wrong side. <laughs> it's 50 50 for your boy, but. Uh, <laughs> you don't want to put ugly things on TV and inflame passions. You want people to be reasonable and think things through and reach wise decisions. Why would news organizations, I mean, they really want to make people enraged. Clearly, they don't want us focused on reality. Hey, if they want us to devote an hour of coverage to this and weekend coverage of this and they want to take us to a good place, I would examine the racial element of this because there yeah. is a racial element. And this is a story about young black men and their inability to treat each other in a humane way. Everybody involved in this on the street level was either 24 to 32 years old. Everybody. It was a group of young black men, five on one. Looked like gang violence to me. It, it looked like what young black men do when they're supervised by. Now, keep in mind, we have literally watched at this point dozens of groups of cops killing people. It's only now that it's the black cops that Jason Whitlock sees a pathological issue. And it's surprise. The issue is that they're black. It's not. It's the black pathology, not the. Everything else that all these things have in common, which is they're all cops. So when it's George Floyd, that th that that's not black people. But it's but only when it gets to black people is it the the black people's culture that is causing the problem. Jason Whitlock looked like he you know he bought that shirt fresh from Express and then talked to uh, the ear of one of the clerks like you know practicing these talking points for Tucker Carlson like you know you know it's us doing this right, yeah. brother. Right. Yes. Well, he was getting his hair installed. And the firmware updated. I was about to say that 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 them edges, like what is that? Yeah, that's he has he has fake hair. He has a Brillo pad. A single black that woman, makes sense. and that's what they got going. Now this part is important, and this is really why I'm playing the clip. Black woman, Sorry. and what young black men do when they're supervised by a single black woman, and that's what they got going on in the Memphis Police Department. They've elected some. Uh, or put some black woman in charge of the police force. And we're getting the same kind of chaos and disunity and violence that we see in a lot of these cities that are run by single mothers. Th th if we want to discuss. So, what? right. So I, that's where he took it. To, the fuck? You don't know anything about this black, woman. You're just making bullshit up. Why do black men do this? Like, honestly, why do mm. black men go out of their way to blame black women? Yeah, like that's so crazy. We don't want to take any count. It's it's definitely an internal. It's a, it's an internal um, anti-blackness that he harbors mm -hmm. that he then makes pathological for the rest of us. Um, so you know, say yeah. It's, I mean, I remember when he called Serena Williams fat. Like I like I, he's just this is who he is. Now I will say though, it led me down an interesting path. I think Jason Whitlock might be like the coon Thanos. Right? Like, if we, like, and, and but I don't mean that that makes him like the greatest coon. I think if we did a coon, like, a bracket, coon. if we did like a coon bracket, like the March Madness. Yeah. Like, we had like March Madness for coons, you know, like uh, March coonness or whatever. I feel like obvious the number one seed is Clarence Thomas. It's not close either. Not even close. Yeah, like he's he, yeah, he's running away with it. He's running away with it. Like he's 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 fucking like UCLA when they had like twelve titles in a row or whatever. He's he's that level. But like Jason Whitlock is like Duke. You know what I'm saying? Like he's perennially in the mix.
And while he may not be like an all day, every day, like he's in the mix of pop culture and he's always getting viral. Like he is, he rarely, it seems like he goes viral maybe once or twice a year at best. Um, when he does though, I mean, you know, it's it's like Kobe scoring 82 points or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Well, you just be like, damn, he is in the coon zone. This nigga cannot fucking miss. I am so, I, I was blown away by just the, the amount of cooning he did in such a short period. I didn't even play the full two minutes for y'all. And he already was was that was like when Kobe scored 72 against Dallas and nobody remembers it because he didn't even play the fourth quarter but because he scored 81 another time we don't remember that game but that's how compact the Coonan was in that clip it, this dude is a Coon savant man I I, I mean obviously I, I I hate him and he's disgusting but I, I I have to give him the fucking like credit he deserves um he jumped past Coonan's Owens uh, you know, Uncle, oh, yes, he did. uh, cousin Terrence Williams, like putting like, up them double doubles, them triple doubles. Listen, like there are so many coons that saw that right there and just had to be like to give him his props begrudgingly because you know they hate to give other black people props, but they had to be like, like somewhere at home, like the one that's alive from Diamond and Silk was like, God damn, that's some good cooning. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like shit, he, he had a good day. You know, <laughs> they gonna be mad about, he blamed single black women, young black men, the city. He, in 45 seconds, this man burned every type of black person that he could. Amazing. Beautiful gowns. He he obviously don't be eating good because he has to go like Cracker Barrel or something like that. Because if you go any place with this this black people, they are gonna spit in your food. Yeah, like, what? You know, yeah, that would you know. be a great. I would love a documentary that follows a day in his life. You know, like what does this man do? Okay, <laughs> like like how does he make a living? Where is he getting his haircut? It's just, I mean, he just like, and that's the thing. He's not an everyday in the mix coon it's just once or mm. twice a year he comes out of like he just comes down from the coon mountain says you something yeah and just says something so fucked up and then everybody's like what the fuck well i thought he died you know and then he just ascends back to his coon cavern and just and we just be like damn man i guess we forget about him is uh, i don't even he's like I don't even know. He's like Dwayne Wade or something. Like we just, we're like he, he in the Hall of Fame, but he not. We don't see him on the Mount Rushmore of great players, but somehow he has many great performances, and this may be one of his greatest of all time because everybody was mad at this man. <laughs> like, it was, oh my god, he was in his bag, bro. It was no, there's no line of respectability and racism he won't cross. You know, is. Who can out coon this man when he's in the zone? That not not even Herman Cain. Yay, maybe. Make yay. Because yay be going on these same maybe. shows and he be like publicly declared, I don't read. Like, yeah, you know, it's pretty but, bad. But, but the thing about yay is like now just aside, I mean, if 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 I mean if we're gonna go coon stats here, like I mean, this right. real. Yeah, we gotta keep it real. Jason, he's been in it for a long time. Like True. he is consistent. Yeah. He's somebody that you call him off the bench, you know he gonna put up some good cooning numbers. Like, he ain't gonna be out here fucking around. 
He gonna be like, I got, I got, I got five minutes. Here's my double double. I got three minutes or less. I can go. You know, Kanye's kind of new to it. You know, he, you know, he ain't been out here long. He need a little, need a little bit more practice. He'll make you mad and upset. Yeah, but he doesn't have them consistent. He don't have the work ethic. Numbers. He don't have he a don't work ethic. Road or nothing. He don't have a work ethic to put it in on a daily basis. But it's just nope. like when he's able to be unbelievably offensive. He just can't stop. You can't contain. You can't contain him. Okay. Did you just no. hope that he starts to miss because he'll go where no other coon will travel. He's a staple in the coon and lexicon, and I have to just give him all of his credit because, because I mean, honest, this was ten out of ten Uncle Ruckus's for me when I saw this. I was like, this nobody's gonna beat this performance, and what it's January. Nobody's gonna out coon this. The thing with Kanye is that we don't take him seriously, right? So like, like yeah. he don't even like he thinks we he wants to be taken seriously, but it's hard to take a man seriously as wearing like a full, a full face mask and yelling every other word and getting up from the table and talking to Norries. You know, like it's it's harder to to take him seriously. Jason Winlock is like taken seriously by the the racist people that we that want to take him seriously like Kanye not in control so he'll say something that's beyond the racial pale like I hate the Jews too and then it's like well okay we can't say that you know what I'm saying but but like Whitlock will stay in the pocket of what white supremacy needs it's come on it's, man he's very, very consistent at his numbers I mean he will not let you down yeah I hate to I hate to give it to him you know what I'm saying but I can't yeah, think I'll, of anyone like, better. I'll promote him just be like, now I know those welfare queens that they've been talking about, I know all seven of them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, I'll give you the names and addresses. Yeah. Now, let's talk about Letitia. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> she lives in Houston, Texas. Amazing Conan. And, and, and the thing about him, uh, like Kanye, he can keep himself contained. That's the thing. Kanye, he looks unraveled. Right, that's what I'm saying. You, yeah, you, this is a coon that will come out, and he he does well, not. Well, also the coon lights. Also, we know too much about Kanye's personal life, so we don't know. The only thing we know about this man, Jason Whitlock, is that he's a coon. Think, have y'all ever thought about that? We don't see this man in public. We don't know if he's married. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know if this motherfucker like. We don't even know where he goes to eat. We just assume it's Cracker Barrel. You know what I'm saying? Like we, <laughs> no one has ever seen. He could be an artificial intelligence. Okay, this could be some motherfucking type of CGI that we are watching that Fox News has trumped up because we never see this man anywhere. He could have died in 2003 and been replaced by a coon clone, and we will never know because. <laughs> This man only exists to coon. He is iconic. Okay, this man is an icon, and he and I just have to give him his credit. Okay, like he has a real penchant for delivering the coon de gras when it comes to talking about these things. He just comes in, and bam, hit you with the death blow, and you like, yo, nobody. There's nothing left to say. I haven't even seen other coons pick up the mantle after he said this because there's nothing left to say he left no meat on the bone bro he mm-hmm. i shout out to him bro you did it jason whitelock or white lick as i like to call him um you did it bro you, you outcoon the best of them and when it's time for the fucking 
the uh the 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 Oscar version of the of the Coon Awards, which I call the Clarences, when it's time for the Clarences, oh no, bro, you gonna get Coon of the Year, cause oh, he'll dance up on stage, he'll, yeah. he'll enjoy the hell out. Of yeah, he will. He will soft shoe all the way down the aisle to get that motherfucking butter biscuit. God damn, he good boy. Woo. All right, we got to get out of this conversation. I've, I've held y'all too long. There's sports happening. And we got to go. Um, we'll do one last thing, which is uh, we got to talk about uh, sword ratchetness, okay? Mm-hmm. Because no matter what, we always make time to tell y'all and warn y'all about these swords. sword ratchetness let's talk about it uh drunk illinois swashbuckler threatens roommate with a cane sword not swashbuckler right what is we on the open seven seas maybe they're trying to start drunk sword history mm. oh you don't want that that's dangerous uh sharp points uh <laughs> south to, everybody gonna get the point uh <laughs> it, this happened in the city of champagne uh two roommates were arguing um and As they do. you know how it is. The first roommate, Jeremiah, started drinking a lot. That caused him to begin acting strange. Not strange. Wait, what? Yeah, what started is drinking? This an article? Yeah. You read this verbatim? I'm like, reading That's a wild description. It's actually, honestly, the article is a little sassier than that, even. I, I mean, if I was reading it word for word, you'd be like, what the fuck is this? Um, but one evening, he pulled out a cane sword and. Uh, he uh the cops got called um and once the man called 911 uh the police arrived they questioned jeremiah and he explained that the whole thing was a joke now who joke like that what that's not funny if i start arguing with you and you pull out a weapon what's the joke if your article sound like you got a parrot on your shoulder what's the joke haha ha, i bet you thought i was gonna kill you because we was fighting and i pulled out a weapon ain't that funny uh the suspect told officers that the blade wasn't even sharp and couldn't cut anyone then they arrested what? him because that is always a lie does he not know a butter knife still cut butter Right. So I don't know what you're talking about. It's still cut. It's always a lie. Why would someone make a sword that can't cut? That don't even make right. sense, dummy. All them things are weapons. And if it can't cut, it can bash your brains in. Like, fuck out of here, dude. So it yeah. Be careful out there, y'all. All right. You see a cane sword in somebody's house, sense. or you you get a new roommate and they want to move in and be like, let me put my cane sword on the wall. Just go ahead and move out. It's not not yeah, worth like, it. If, if anyone moves in with you, they got weapons. If they try to look like a teenage mutant ninja turtle, like don't you don't yeah. even live with that person. Like Justin, Justin and Cut Brown, my co-host, he's like yeah. always like, yeah, you know, I got these size. I'm like, I would never want to live with you, bro, because right. I don't trust that you know how to use those. Mm-hmm. And if you try to, I don't trust that I'll be safe. Right, and that's why I don't be coming out of everybody's house, you know, because mm-hmm. you you think they cool, and you walk in, you see motherfucking some nunchucks on the wall, and you're like, bro, well, you you supposed to tell people you into this so they can know not to hang out, like. We got to hang out on neutral ground or some shit. I'm not coming to your house and being on my own news segment. Uh, Brandon, tell everybody where to find uh, where to find you and uh, to support Dr- Drunk Black History. 
Yeah, folks, y'all can follow me at American Collins on all social media platforms. I have the podcast Media Popcorn that's available on all podcast applications. And of course, I have Drunk Black History. Our next show is on Thursday, February 23rd at the Bell House in Brooklyn. It's with a, a host by myself and Gordon Baker Bone. And we have a dope lineup of talent that are going to talk about black historical uh, figures and events that haven't gotten their due. You can get tickets at drunkblackhistory.com. I just put the link um, in, the, in the chat, but drunkblackhistory.com is where you can get tickets for both in person and live stream. We have both of those options available, but hopefully you can make it out in person because the energy, like Rod said earlier, is just it's another level. You can't quite get it through the live stream, but we try, you know, as much as we can. So hopefully you all can make it out and celebrate some uh, black history with us. Do that, do that, y'all. You know, we support black history around here. Um, until next time, I love you. I love you too. Mwah. Mwah.